Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 143 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And today I want to go deeper on a conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago. And that was episode 141, The Gift of Struggle. So if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, either pause and listen to that first and then come back. Or, of course, you can listen to this one and then listen to the other one for full context. But in that episode, I actually shared the other side of the coin of struggle. And I did realize after you know many years of contemplation that I have used struggle as a mechanism to create the life that I have and to pursue my dreams. It is almost a struggle, like one of the visuals that I have that pops through my head is if you think of this very tight rubber band, when you really stretch, you know, like those therabands you get, like, you know, for physiotherapy and and those types of things. Um, When you stretch it quite a bit and you hold, there's a lot of tension that goes into that band. But then when you let go in one one hand, with one hand, then you can really see that band propel forward. And it's kind of like a visual of how I think of myself and many high-performing women live their lives. And I decided to contemplate a little bit further to, you know, why is that? So in that episode, I share some specific actionable strategies that you can use to start really creating from a place of joy. But today I wanted to kind of contemplate with you, why is it that we do so? And I think for me, because I've been sitting with this question for some time, I think I feel one very uncomfortable creating from a different place because I know that the old way works, if that makes sense. But also, I think the other side of that is that it's actually unfamiliar, right? And anything that is not familiar, we tend to resist at least a little bit <laughs> in the beginning. And really, if you look at it, like if you had, you know, this life full of duties and responsibilities, or even if that shifted as you waged, but now you have people and family members and, you know, careers and people that depend on you, it is very easy for women to become the caretakers. And with that caretaker energy, it comes a huge toll on our health, on our body, but also on our joy and enjoyment of the world. And I think that is specifically what I'm going to focus on because for far too long, I feel I have put in my own needs second. And essentially, if you're familiar with the vocabulary that we use here on this podcast and in my work, I have deprioritized my inner priorities in order to fulfill someone else's. And that was either family or, you know, work-related people and, and so on. And nobody told me to do, mind you, I'm taking full responsibility. But it is a choice I've taken because I did not think I had 
a, a choice to do it differently. I just never saw a different way, if that makes sense. And I think those, you know, sometimes it comes from early childhood that you have this ingrained sense of duty for following rules, being the good girl, behaving a certain way for whatever the reasons. And for me, that always came as putting my needs second, sometimes third, really pushing, sometimes pushing my schedule to fit things in that I, you know, rather not do. And that happens again in many areas of life, but also passing on personal preferences to let someone else dictate or lead just because that was the construct that I understood my rule up to recently, if that makes sense. So really not valuing my needs because my sense of duty sort of superseded that over the years. Hey there, have you heard of my new book, Release, A Woman's Guide to Releasing Weight in Midlife Through Becoming a Body's Best Friend? If not, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book or click the link in the show notes below to learn more and to see if this is the right book for you. I wrote this book for women to read before your next diet. And this is not a book about weight loss, another diet trend, or a magical solution you have not tried yet. This is instead a rebellion against hating our bodies and trying to change who we are. Together, we will release all that no longer serves you so you can get the body you want and make midlife the best and healthiest years of your life. I cannot wait for you to get the book. So go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book to learn more. Now back to the episode. The other side of it, and I think that is a little bit more the subtle side of it, is really the enjoyment of life, right? So that can be a little intangible, but if you think about it, if you're super busy and overworked and with so much on your plate to take care of that a lot of times does not include yourself, at least not high on the priority list, to even think about enjoying life, it almost sounds like, okay, kind of like a dream or maybe in the future. It almost seems like, a, you know, not even a problem to be contemplated. But if you think about it in the context that we all deserve to be fulfilled in life for all the hard work we do, I do think it's something that we need to contemplate from the beginning, not just when, you know, the perfect fantasy, <laughs> best case scenario takes place. So as I started contemplating that for myself, I said, okay, I now, over the last you know few years, get to do something I really love for work. And my career and learning and teaching is the vast majority of my inner priorities. It takes a huge amount of my life, and I'm very happy with that. Yet, I still know that I've created from struggle, or at least you know it's something that I'm in the process of shifting and releasing. And I contemplated, why is it that even when I made a massive career change to actually do something that my entire body says yes, please, and loves to, how, first of all, how does it show up in my life? So for example, insanely busy schedules, scheduled by myself, (laughs) yours truly, very busy schedules, a very, very, very high level of projects concurrently all happening at the same time. And I have a very high level of quality control. So things take me quite some time because until I feel is the best I could possibly do, it doesn't get released into the world. 
and so much pushing of my body, even when I'm tired, to learn more, to teach more, to create more, and to run all sorts of things behind the scenes that either, you know, nobody really sees on the outside, but just to get the business going in this direction that I envision and so on. So even though I do have the luxury to do something I love, I still, the, the actions and the experience on my daily basis have been for many, many years challenging, difficult, tiring, stressful. And mind you that even though I still get beautiful results on the other end and I love the women that I serve and everything in between, it, it does not feel joyous and easy at times. And again, all of those things are just perspectives and choices that I make because that is what I'm comfortable with. So now that I've been exploring this unfamiliar world of creating from a different place, what I think that is important to realize is those are just patterns, right? Patterns of comfort. And what I'm proposing to you is how can we find step one, safety and the discomfort (laughs) so we can shift to the pattern so we can now almost like go backwards and build from a different place. So here are the three things that I've been practicing myself that I'd like to share in case you want to join me on as well. So the first thing I've done is actually to acknowledge. Acknowledge that this is an old pattern in myself and now I pay attention. And every now and then, sometimes multiple times a day, when I see myself doing that or having thought processes that, yeah, I can push this aside to do something else for someone else or I don't have to speak up and say what I prefer. All those little tiny, you know, moments, all those little gifts throughout the day that I notice myself doing so, that it's not 100% in alignment to what I prefer and how I choose to lose my, live my life. I pause and acknowledge. So that has been my step one. Knowing that if this is an old pattern for you, like it is for myself, we're going to have to take a lot of patience and compassion <laughs> with self for this journey to unfold at its own pace. Number two, what I started to do is that I wanted to dedicate a more active amount of time to myself. And I don't mean self-care in the sense of, you know, bubble baths or reading a book and those things, because I already do those things. But I want it to be something a little bit more, I would say, meaningful in my life that wasn't something that I just do here and there as I feel like it. I wanted to put something more structured in place. So I decided to shift my bedtime and my wake up time, (laughs) everything forward by an hour. So now I wake up an hour earlier at around 6.30 in the morning. Again, everybody's different, but that's what I chose to do. And this extra hour that now I'm fully awake and productive, what I decided to do is add it on top of my time allocation for fitness. So now instead of having this one hour that I would squeeze here and there, I'm actually giving myself two hours. So besides my regular fitness, whatever I choose to do that day, I now can also add some time in a sauna and I can have, you know, a special like, you know, relaxation after shower, get pampered and ready, you know, to start my day. Or if it's in the afternoon, of course, to continue my day. And it's meaningful because it is shifting my default of being on go, 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 high production mode all the time. When I'm working out or in a sauna or meditating or doing whatever that is different than what I was used to doing before of sitting in front of a computer for hours and hours and hours on end, 
It is a pattern interrupt. And what I'm looking to do here is to interrupt the pattern. And on top of it, I'm choosing activities, for example, in the fitness world that I actually enjoy. Yes, they may not be what is going to give me the most toned muscles in the world because that's not my goal at the moment. We all have seasons in our lives. My goal right now is to bring more movement that brings me joy, that I actually feel like doing, that I enjoy, that has music, that has breath, that has movement. And that is what I've been doing. And I think that has been so good because by adding this hour early in the morning, I feel the two hours that I'm, you know, carving almost every day for this are, you know, it perfectly fits my day and I can work everything else around it. But it's a time for myself that is joy filled and not as attached to a performance goal, (laughs) like, you know, most things in my life that I've ever done. So I think that's cool because it's pattern interrupt. It's too very good for me, healthy, but it's looking at things from a different perspective. And number three, the last, the third thing that I've been doing that I wanted to share with you as well. And I talked about this on episode 77, if you want to go back and listen to it. But I been paying more attention to my joy coefficient. So that's what episode 77 explains to you in detail what it's all about. But basically, raising your joy coefficient is looking at different situations in your life and thinking, how can I make this more joyous? Whatever it is that you're doing, even if it's something like a little shitty, for example, you have to stand in line, I don't know, to go renew your driver's license, something that sounds boring. (laughs) And maybe you can do that online, but let's pretend you had to do that in person or whatever. How can you make any of those micro moments more joyous? If you have to write this difficult email, how can you make it more joyous? If you have the routine of just simply driving to the grocery store, how to, how can you make it more joyous? And I think that is such a cool exercise because it helps you be more present in the moment of what you are actually doing. That's number one. The second thing that I think because you have to pay attention to it, you become more intentional about those little mini moments. So I take a lot of mini breaks that now I've been paying more attention to that and seeing how does my body feel? Does it need to move? Does it need, you know, it even helps, of course, weight release because you're just increasing the amount of movement and physical activity in between even workouts, which is very important for other reasons. But at the same time, what I think this is great for is that it really helps me focus on joy a lot more frequently than I normally would. Because a lot of times people confuse joy with happiness. So something good happens, or at least you perceive good and you feel happy in the moment, maybe a little bit later. That's not what we're talking about. Like happiness is a little bit of a a different, (laughs) separate conversation for another time. But joy is this contentment, it's this connection, this, you know, fulfillment that you get in the moment that you can just make something a little bit more special. And I feel like it's almost like your heart tingles a little bit. And I think for me, when I tap into joy, it automatically brings a a very subtle level of gratitude for me to be able to, in the simplest moments, get this rush of gratitude rushing through my body. And I think that is such a beautiful thing. And there's billions of opportunities every single day that just passes us by because we're just not paying attention. So if we want to create from this different place, those are my three recommendations. Acknowledge when you're repeating the old patterns so that 
you know, we can start to baby steps, pattern interrupt when we see it's going back to the old default. Number two, find your way to carve time for yourself. Like I shared with you, my two hour <laughs> self care, movement, fitness, sauna routine that I really starting to really treasure and enjoy. And step three, looking for tiny ways on a regular basis that you can raise your joy coefficient and really feel this beautiful energy in you. Because no matter what is going on, we always have billions of micro little moments and little ways to feel joy every single day. So that's what I wanted to leave you with. And again, if you want to listen to the two episodes I mentioned, go back to 141 or episode 77. And both of them are going to give you different perspective on some of those you know, previous concepts that we talked about. And I hope that this conversation is helpful to you. If you also feel for yourself that you're more accustomed to creating chaos in your life because that's where comfort lies, then yes, this is new. It's almost like a new territory. Sometimes if you, I don't even know how to behave or exist in a world that I don't have to struggle against my schedule and piles of emails and things. And, you know, it takes some learning and we can learn to put our energy into other things and forms in constructive ways, but it's all part of this beautiful journey and this beautiful process. And I'm happy to share my transformations and realizations with you in the hopes that it will help you too. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.